if you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jiu-jitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode. What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill, in case some of you guys don't know. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Greatly appreciate, you know, you guys investing a little bit of your time into getting a little bit better at jiu-jitsu. So in this episode, it's going to be part two of the White Belt series. I, I did an episode, I think like one or two episodes ago, that was part one, talking about the defensive idea of jiu-jitsu for, for white belts and kind of that idea and how to start being more defensive as a white belt. So today we'll do the other side to be more offensive. And in the last podcast, or in that part one of the podcast, I talked about the jiu-jitsu hierarchy, kind of how it works and how it follows, and the ideas to start to think about. So when we recap that really quick, at the very top of the hierarchy, we have the submission. In the middle, we have the top position. And then at the very bottom, we have the bottom position techniques, just to make the hierarchy simple. Then there's even hierarchies inside that hierarchy. And then you could split up in, inside of each hierarchy. You have offensive ideas and then defensive ideas. So uh, today we're going to be looking at the offensive side of the white belt. And so that usually means if you're a white belt or you're a newer student, the first place that you're really going to start developing any kind of offense is going to be into the bottom hierarchy because that's where realistically you're going to be in majority of the time. And the reason why I say that this is okay to do is because in the beginning of your career, whenever you're starting to spar and roll for the first time as a white belt, you think you should be on top the entire time. You think you should be trying to get to the top position, get out of the bottom position as fast as you can and get on top. And that's a lot of times because of how jiu-jitsu is taught. You know, you're learning the mount position and you're learning how to choke somebody if you already get choke from the back mount. And so, when you first start sparring, any kind of offense that you're trying is usually going to be into a dominant top position. But remember, the top position is like above the bottom position of the hierarchy chart. So that means you have to be able to get to the top position. That means you have to be able to control the top position before you can ever do any submissions or be offensive from the top position. So a lot of times this isn't explained to students and they feel like that they're failing or they're not doing well because they're not catching any submissions from the top. They're not being able to get there. Or if they get there, they get thrown off in like two seconds and they can't submit anybody. So I really encourage students, the first offense that they really put heavy focus into is from the bottom position. Now, what kind of offense can you guys start to mount from the bottom position? Well, offense isn't just necessarily... Um, submissions. Offense could be guard passing. It could be offensive takedowns where you're gaining a dominant position. Offense could also be sweeping and uh, or, or changing position, right? So you have to think about it like that. Offensive isn't just one skill. It's not just submitting. Offensive basically means advancing or moving position 
under your own will. So even if you think about going from the close guard to a triangle, that's advancing your position. Yes, you're leading toward a submission, but you're advancing your position. You could also say offense would be sweeping, uh, getting a sweep from the close guard to being on top. That would also be considered offensive as well too. So you can't just think about it as in black and white as, you know, X choke or collar choke or arm lock or Kimura, you know, very straightforward in that way. So in my opinion, when then we break down this hierarchy idea, the first offensive position that I really see students start to have success with or that I recommend students put time into is going to be like escaping from either bottom of side control or starting to develop some offensive ideas from half guard or close guard. Those are usually the big three that students will start. Now, butterfly guard could be a good option for some people, but butterfly guard has a lot of ins and outs and you kind of have to understand how the position works. So normally I don't see students kind of dive deeper into this until blue belt roughly, but white belt, those are the places I recommend. Why is this? Well, because if you think about it, when you're training with someone who is the more advanced than you, there's a good chance you're going to be in the bottom of uh, the full mount. You're going to be in the bottom of side control. You're going to be in these bad bottom positions. Well, what are the escapes you're going to do? Well, you're going to do things like elbow escapes from the bottom of the mount, shrimp escapes from the bottom of side control, right? You're going to be just doing everything you can to trap an ankle, to trap a knee, or, you know, maybe in the bottom of side control, you might start doing an underhook escape. Right, so these are gonna be the positions that you're gonna spend the most time in on the bottom, no matter what. And that's okay, because you don't know anything about jujitsu yet, you're new. So instead of trying to like force your way out of that position as fast as you can, for example, get out of the bottom of the mount and then try to get to the mount as fast as you can, get out of the bottom of the mount, like trap an ankle, trap a knee, go to half guard, and then maybe start staying in half guard a little bit longer on purpose and trying to develop a sweep or some offense out of half guard, right? Or maybe you get to the close guard and instead of just trying to be like a scared cat and try to freak your way out and just try to get out as fast as you can or, or whatever, spend some time in the close guard and really start to develop your sweeps or start to develop some attacks. So you have to think about it like that. The best offense that you're going to start to do as a white belt is not going to be from the top of the mount, from getting to people's back, from the top of side control. You will maybe be able to pull that off 20, 25% of the time, 30% of the time, maybe against other white belts or people who are brand new. But majority of the time when we talk about training, not about people who are your own skill, people that you have to train with, uh, uh, blue belts, purple belts, brown belts, people who are way more skilled than you, you can't approach them every single training around like you'd be training with someone who was like your skill or your uh abilities right it's not you can't do that if you do that you're going to mentally screw yourself and you're going to think you're not progressing and you're getting worse so those are the main positions that i recommend students start to develop right and so uh i guess if you're gonna make make me uh pin it down and give you some techniques to think about um sweeps are always going to be easier from half guard to start to develop um, there's not really too many submissions that can come out of half guard there's a few but i think you have to be a little bit more skilled but being able to control half guard 
maybe trying to get a reversal, trying to get a sweep. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. Trying to uh, maybe progress to somebody's back from half guard is a great option. But when we talk about submissions purely, the main place that you're going to start catching submissions from is going to be the closed guard, just because that's the best offensive position from your back, in my opinion, of being able to be sweep and submission heavy. Now, what submissions do I recommend? Well, we have to break this down between gi and no gi. Um, in the gi, the easier submissions are always going to be um, any kind of collar chokes, right? Because th those are, are going to be around everyone's neck. That rope is available around everyone's neck. And then when we talk about non-gi ideas, I think the easiest choke for students to start to get is a triangle choke. And this was interesting. I actually had a talk with a student about this the other day, that the reason why I see students catch triangles a lot more than arm locks in the beginning, I'm not saying for everybody, but just out of my 14 years and coaching thousands of students up to this point, I normally see students catch triangles and sparring a lot more than arm locks. And it's because of the, the basis of how a move works. So a triangle really revolves on this idea of you moving around a person. Like when you're grabbing someone's um, arm, for example, for like an arm lock, a lot of times you have to move the elbow across. You have to kind of be tricky. Um, there's some sneaky ways to do that. You have to use, you can use your body like a snow plow almost, and you can, you know, move their arm, but that takes, that takes a little bit of time and practice or they have to voluntarily move their arm for you. So there's a lot of, um, advanced principles that come out of arm locks versus a triangle because you're using your legs and you're kind of moving around the person. Once you've isolated the arm, you know, your, sh your shoulder walking out, you're turning the corner you're doing all of these things, you know, you're preventing the stack that I normally see students hit triangles a little bit sooner than they hit with arm locks. So that's why I would recommend students start to develop the triangle a little bit more first. Now, when we talk about sweeps, some of the easier sweeps for students to start to hit, in my opinion, is going to be any sweeps that you can be able to break down somebody's posture in. So anything kind of like a flower sweep, um, or a pendulum sweep, anything that you can do once posture is broken is always a scissor sweep is going to be easier to do um, from the closed guard. Closed guard is hard for students if you can't break posture, especially. So if you have short legs, you can't cross them all the way around somebody, um, you have a hard time breaking posture, that can be a tough task to accomplish in that way. So um, that's usually where students kind of get hung up is they hate closed guard because they can't control posture, then they're gonna get um, passed. Now, the last piece of offensive idea that I will start to encourage you guys to do is also guard passing. So just like kind of controlling the closed guard, uh, guard passing is also offensive as well. Takedowns, since this is purely a white belt series, gets a little bit tough. Um, to do, I think takedowns, you start to work into your game a little bit later. I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, I'll, I'll do a whole separate series on my thoughts about offensive and defensive takedowns in the future. Don't worry about takedowns right now. But for this, uh, guard passing is good. 
what guard passes do I recommend that students start with? I recommend that they start with maybe um, learning. So every guard pass basically works in two ways. You're either going to go around the legs or through the legs. So I would work on one each. So for example, like double underpass where you put both arms underneath the legs and you stack the person up, that would be going around the person. And then a, um, a throw bypass or a Toriando pass would also be going around a person. Another one uh, going around would actually be the under and over pass. And then going through would be something like a knee slice or a step over something like that backside pass from headquarters, whatever you want to call it. Right. So those are all kinds of passes that you guys could start to work or I recommend, but I would just pick one of each. Um, there's not really an easier, I mean, it depends. It really depends on you and your body style. Usually bigger guys have an easier time kind of doing the ones where you can just throw somebody by cause they're big and strong versus smaller guys can't do that as well. So they have to do ones where they um, maybe have to strategically work around. So it's just different per person, right? So this is gonna, this was the white belt offensive series. Um, so this is part two of, uh, yeah, part two of part two of that. So in the next one, we might go into the blue belt or I might jump around, go to another belt, but I'll kind of do this same idea about for each belt of offensive and defensive. Each one will have a part one and part two. Yeah. So I hope you guys liked it and enjoyed it and take it easy and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. 